Richard and Julie with you. We told you the story Monday about Mark and his wife Sue and their child and the struggle with sleep. The sheets were all over the place. It looked like a tornado had gone through his bed at night. Um, during the day, he it was notable that he was tired. He was unfocused. Um, he just had had trouble doing simple tasks. We took him to the doctor um, who referred us to um, an ENT specialist um, to see if it was sort of a nasal problem, if his breathing was okay. He did have an adenoid surgery. Was he snoring a lot? He was not. He's breathing loudly. I wouldn't say snoring. Um, but yeah, so it was determined he needed the adenoid surgery. So when he was seven, that's what we had done. And you hoped that that would maybe solve it. That was the, that was the expectation. Um, did it make a difference? Maybe a little bit. Um, but the problems, they continued. Yeah, they continued and... Uh, four years later, still dealing with those sleep-deprived nights. The whole idea, Julie, that this young man needs to get tested and needs to get uh, properly diagnosed for his apnea. Right. Potentially need a CPAP machine. The problem is, much like the adult system, there's a big there's a big wait for this special testing that is considered the gold standard for children. And it's done at HSC. The adult um, sleep studies are done at the MIS. But again, a three to four year wait, even around the pediatric side, for some is just too long. For their son, after we inquired, they got another test that's scheduled for March, but it's the same test that they got over again. And that's In the 2022, yeah. That's the frustrating part of this. Uh, Jessica... Brookelman listened to that and has a story that she wants to share because we are discovering that Mark and Sue are not alone. And Jessica, they are not alone, are they? No, they are not. That three to four year wait, you were part of that too. We were. Um, our story started when our son was six and same thing, tonsils and adenoids out, but didn't solve anything. And, uh, He's 14 now, and he just got that sleep study done this past November. But in between there, <laughs> when you heard Mark and Sue saying, we're trying this, we're trying that, we're doing this, mm -hmm. we're doing that, you did the same thing even going to the United States? We did, we did. Um, we weren't happy with the weight, obviously. I think it's unacceptable, and I wanted my kid to have help now. So we, after the tonsils and adenoids were removed, we went back to the doctor and we said, this isn't better. What can we do? Um, we got referred back to an ENT. He said, you know, while we're waiting, we can do this surgery called turbinate reduction and hope that helps him. It didn't. Um, and then we got to do that home sleep oximetry test in June of 2020. And that was inconclusive, and that's initially when we were put on the wait list after jumping through all those ENT hurdles. And uh, they said at that time it would be two to three years. And, uh, yeah, he was going to be a teenager by then, and we wanted him to have help now. So we started looking into how else can we help his sleep. We found out uh, tongue tie can play a role in that, and we sought treatment in the United States for his tongue tie. And the dentist we saw there took basically one look at him and said, you guys need to have a sleep study done on your child. Like, he, it's bad. And we said, we're waiting. 
we've been waiting and we don't know what else to do. Um, so she gave us one to take home free of charge because she felt this strongly about this. And uh, we did that one and it showed that he had severe sleep obstructive apnea. And then we said, well, we, we need to verify this for sure in Manitoba so that we can get the health care and yeah, that was when we started calling around saying, where is this wait list at? Um, it wasn't good news. <laughs> um, he had been marked as completed on the list when he had never had the test done. Marked so he, as completed? Marked as completed. They, It said he had the test done and we never were contacted at all from that clinic Ever. So that was a big shock to us. And we thought we were back at the bottom of the list again. Um, thankfully, they put us on a cancellation list and we were flexible and we were able to get in in November and get it done finally. And, but? Uh, but, yes, the results of that test were complete opposite of the home sleep test. And so we now have two totally different tests. And doctors at HSC telling us, ideally, we need to do a retest, but we cannot because of the wait list and the way that our healthcare system is. So, so three tests, the home oximetry test inconclusive done here in the city of Winnipeg. The second yeah. test um, provided by the American dentist found um, severe sleep apnea. The inpatient sleep study at HSC said your kid's fine. Yeah. So, but that <laughs> doesn't, doesn't square. That no, doesn't square. It doesn't. It's not what we see. It's not what any of the uh, alternative healthcare, I'll call them. Uh, we see a chiropractor, osteopath. We've seen a naturopath, massage therapist. We're seeing myofunctional therapy, orthodontist. We've had referrals with jaw surgeons in the States, in UK, all of them look at his structure, his anatomy, they look at his symptoms and they say this boy has a problem. And our gold standard test says he does not. How is he doing now? Not fantastic. We, uh, he struggles in school, same with um, the other boy that was talked about. He's has attention problems. He struggles to write tests. He likes sports, but he's so tired that he would rather sleep in than get up and go to a hockey practice. Now he, you got him <laughs> a CPAP on your own. Talk about that. How did you end up doing that? We, I also had a sleep test done and I also have my mild sleep obstructive apnea. So I also need a machine and we got a machine for me and we are using it with our son and trying to help him learn how to use it and get used to it and the nights that he sleeps with it if he sleeps even two or three nights in a row with it for six or more hours the change in him is amazing and really exciting um but he is but. 14. <laughs> but he is 14. This took forever. He's no longer compliant. We've been asking a lot of him for a long time, and he is sick of it. And, and he's embarrassed, no doubt. He's a 14-year-old. If, yeah. if you got this machine when he was 6 or 7 or 8, even 10, 
He'd be yeah. so used to it. It would be part of life. His friends would come over like, eh, whatever. They wouldn't even give it exactly. a second thought. But you are now dealing with not having a machine. Uh, they mm-hmm. always say, put your own mask on in the event of an emergency before you help the person next to you. You're dealing without a machine. You bought it out of pocket because your prescription was from out of province. So you should have a provincial machine. Your son clearly needs a machine. We got to fix a broken system. We do. We do. And it's upsetting to hear that other families are doing the same thing we did and something we started eight years ago and nothing's changed and that it's gotten worse. It sounds like it's gotten worse. Jessica Brickleman joining us live on 680 CJOB. If you have a story that you want to share about your child and sleep, Julie at CJOB.com, Richard at CJOB.com. We have been collecting them, and we will... There's more than Jessica's. Oh, yeah. We will endeavor to get the answers from Shared Health and ultimately from the new government on this. Richard at CJOB.com. Julie at CJOB.com.